Welcome to Simple Heart. This is your host, Calvin and Jean. And today we're going to be discussing spiritual gifts. So, I want you to understand a little bit about what are spiritual gifts. So, as you remember last week we were discussing about spiritual gifts. So, I want you to understand what's the meaning of a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ according to God's grace for use within the context of the body. So we got to understand that a spiritual gift is given by the Holy Spirit and it is being used for the purpose of the church. So I'm going to read today from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse 4 to verse 11, and it reads thus, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is a source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, this one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown language, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So again, very important, we got to understand it, that it's the Holy Spirit who is the giver of the gift. He decides who he wants to give which gift. So the great majority of the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bibles are found in three key chapters. They're Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. So it's very important for us to understand that the key scriptures that deal with spiritual gifts are found in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Ephesians 4. So in Romans 12, 6 to 8, the gifts that are mentioned are prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10 and 28, without repeating what was mentioned in, in Romans 12, we find gift of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, and discerning of spirit. Also find tongues, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostles, help, administration. And Ephesians 4, 11, without again adding or repeating what was mentioned above, we find evangelists and pastors. Those are the other two that is mentioned. So the gift of administration, what it is, the gift of administration to steer the body towards the accomplishment of God-given goals and directives by planning and organizing and supervising others. Greek word, kubernesis, to steer or to guide, or to helmsman. Also, apostle, apostle 
to be sent forth to a new frontier with the gospel, providing leadership over church bodies and maintaining authorities over spiritual matters pertaining to the church. The Greek word apostolosis, apo from, equal from, or stelo means sent, one that is sent forth. The gift of discernment or discerning of spirits to clearly distinguish truth from error by judging whether the behavior or teaching is from God, Satan, or human error, or human power. The gifts of evangelism, to be a messenger of the good news of the gospel. The Greek word, eugelist, preacher of the gospel, or eu mean well, angelos mean messenger, or messenger of good. The gift of exhortation, to come alongside someone with words of encouragement, or to comfort, or to console, and counselor to help them be all God wants them to be. Also, we find the gift of faith to be firmly persuaded by God's power and promises to accomplish his will and purpose and to display such a confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. And the gift of giving to share what material resources you have with liberty and cheerfulness without thought or return. The gift of healing to be used as a means through which God makes people whole, either physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. And we have seen Jesus demonstrate a lot of these gifts in the Gospels, where he heals and delivers people who are possessed with demons or were, were sick for a long time. Also the gift of helps to render support or assistance to others in the body so as to free them up for ministry. The gift of hospitality, to warmly welcome people, even strangers, into one's home or church as a means of serving those in need of food or lodging. So the gift of knowledge, to seek to learn as much about the Bible as possible through the gathering of much information and the analyzing of that data. The gift of leadership, to stand before the people in such a way as to attend to the direction of the body, which such care and diligence has to motivate others to be, to get involved in accomplishing these goals. The gift of mercy, to be sensitive towards those who are suffering, whether physically, mentally, or emotionally, so as to feel genuinely sympathy with their misery. Speaking words of compassion, but more so caring for them with deeds of love to help alleviate their distress, the gift of miracles, to be enabled by God to perform mighty deeds which witnesses acknowledge to the spiritual, supernatural origin and means. And also we have the gift of pastor to be responsible for the spiritual welfare of protecting, guiding, and feeding a group of believers entrusting to one's care the gift of prophecy, to speak forth the message of God to his people. The gift of service to identify undone tasks in God's work, however menial, and use what available resources that you may have to get the job done. The gift of teaching to instruct others in the Bible in a logical, systematic way as to communicate pertinent information for truth, understanding, and growth. The gift of tongues, Tongue speaking or 
glossolalia. Glossolalia is an individual supernatural ability to speak in a language never been learned before. It may be known earth it may be it may be an unknown heavenly language, interpretation of tongues to translate the message of someone who has spoken in tongues, and the gift of wisdom to apply knowledge to life in such a way as to make spiritual truths quite relevant and practical in proper decision-making and daily life discussion. One thing becomes evidently from looking at you know, most of the spiritual gifts is that none of these gifts are actually complete in themselves. Some gifts are mentioned in Ephesians, some are in Romans, and, and some that are mentioned in Romans are not mentioned in Corinthians, and some in Corinthians are not mentioned in, in Ephesians. Apparently, none of them is intended to be a complete catalog of the gifts God gives. And we can summarize that if none of these three lists is complete in itself, probably the three lists together or the 20 gifts are not complete. The Bible itself confirmed that it is, in, is a correct assumption. At least five other gifts are mentioned in New Testament as spiritual gifts. But today what I want to really focus on is the fivefold ministry gift. Ephesians 4.11 said, I find it helpful to see these as the foundational or governmental or office of the church. The focus is thereby placed on gifted people who have been recognized in such official position. Usually such people have been ordained or commissioned with a public laying on at the hands. And I want to read the scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 and gave gifts to his people notice that it says he ascended this clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world and the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostle the prophets the evangelists and the pastors and teachers their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. There will be no longer, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced. People try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Therefore, the first thing that we notice is that each one of these offices is fundamentally determined by the spiritual gift that God has given to the individually. individual. The gift of prophecy, not the office, is mentioned in both Romans 12, 6, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. The gift of teaching is mentioned both in Romans 12, 7, 
and 1 Corinthians 12.8. The gift of apostle is found in 1 Corinthians 12.28. There are no direct reference to the gift of pastor or the gift of evangelist, but it would not be stretching the point to assume that a person cannot have the office of pastor without the gift of pastor or the office of evangelist without the gift of evangelist. This means that you can have a gift without an office, but you cannot have an office without a gift. So note here, it's very important that you cannot have a gift without, you can have a gift, so, excuse me, you can have a gift without an office, but you cannot occupy an office without the gift. You can have the gift of prophecy without being recognized as a prophet. Prophet, prophet. You can have the gift of apostle without being awarded the office. I say awarded because the office is earned. Gifts, as we have seen, are given only by the grace of God, but offices are not given by grace. They are merited through works. In other words, God's may have given me the gift of apostle, but if I do not display the fruits of this gift through my ministry in the body, I will never be moved into that office. The office is the official recognition on the part of the body of Christ that a person has a certain spiritual gift or a gift mix, and that such a person is authorized to use that gift in public ministry. We are most accustomed to doing that with the gift of pastor and recognize it through though we're all called through what we all call ordination. Ordination does not give a person the gift of a pastor. It is assumed that God had really done that. Rather, ordination is an affirmation that that, that responsible person has been observed that the candidate has the gift and it should be recognized and affirmed and supported by the rest of the body. So therefore, we're going to look a little bit on the fivefold ministry. And, and what do I mention as a fivefold ministry as I've read in Ephesians chapter 4, 11? It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So the apostle one, the prophets two, evangelists three, pastors four, and teachers five. So we refer to that as a fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is given by Jesus to the church for the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, which is building the body of Christ. The fivefold ministry is, is gifted people given to the body of Christ to aid and assist in its spiritual growth. The fivefold ministry is commonly misunderstood and misrepresented at times. Fivefold ministry was not designed to fulfill the ministry for the church, it was designed to minister to the church. Every member of the body of Christ is responsible for fulfilling the unique ministry for which he or she is, it is designed. The fivefold ministry must understood its role in enabling these gifts to fulfill their mandate. To properly understand the fivefold ministry, we have to study them. The apostle, the prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher constitute the fivefold ministry. The apostle, the Greek word apostolos, which is translated apostle, means a delegate, an ambassador of the gospel, officially a commissioner of Jesus Christ, one that is sent. 
being commissioned and sent by an organization is not equal to being sent by God. So we got to understand that clearly, that being commissioned and sent by an organization is not equal to when you're being sent by God. The scripture said, how can they hear unless you're being sent? An apostle represents the one from whom he received his commission. There appear to be more apostles of organization than apostles of Jesus Christ. Apostles of Jesus represent Jesus and God's kingdom to the people. They do not promote people, churches, organization, or kingdoms of men. In ministry, an apostle is a person with the supernatural ability to give direction, to set order, and to provide sound governmental structure that adheres to the desire of Jesus, who is the head of the church. The Bible identifies several apostles by name. Jesus, Peter, Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Nathaniel, or Thomas, Matthew, the Levite, James, the son of Alphaeus, Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Judas, the brother of James, Simon, the Canaanite, or the Zealots, Judas Iscariot, Paul, Barnabas, and James, which was Jesus' brother. The ministry of Peter and Paul gave insight into the ministry of an apostle. By reading the book of Acts, we can learn the basic fundamentals of the apostolic ministry. It appears that the foundation upon which a believer is to build the bill is laid through the ministry of the apostle and the prophet. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 3.10 and Ephesians 2.20. The prophet, the Greek word prophetess, prophetes, which is translated as prophet, means a foreteller, someone who foretell, or an inspired speaker. In ministry, a prophet is a person with the supernatural ability to interpret the scripture in light of the present day situation. The predominant ministry of the prophet is that of warning and correcting rather than seeing vision and predicting the future. Not everyone who, is, who prophesies function as a prophet. So as I mentioned before, you can have the gift but not the office. So the prophet occupies the office. You can have the gift of prophecy which God allows the Holy Spirit to speak through you to his church. So God wants to send a message to his church, and he might use your voice to do that. Jesus, John the Baptist, Judas, Silas, and Agabus are prophets mentioned by name in the New Testament. And we see that in Acts 3, 20 to 26, Mark 11, 32, Acts 15, 32, and Acts 21, 10. Also, by studying the prophets of the Bible, we can determine the true ministry and mandate of a prophet. The ministry is one that endeavors to get people to place their attention on Jesus. The Old Testament gave prophets great insight into the prophet's ministry. It is imperative for one to study these prophets in order to have a full concept of the prophetic ministry. Some argue that the ministry of the Old Testament prophet is different from the ministry of the New Testament prophets. But there is, they cannot support their belief with scriptures. And some may teach that New Testament prophets must speak only good things to a person. And these teachers can use 1 Corinthians 
13, 14, 3, support their belief. However, they do not give the true definition of exhortation. Prophecy must edify, exhort, and comfort. True prophecy will not destroy. This gift does not make an individual a prophet, nor does it always create joyful exuberance. The gift, the Greek definition of exhortation is imploration, which is earnest supplication, which is to urge strongly or indicate our solace, which is a cheer in grief or on the calamity. It also means to relieve in affliction or to console. Webster Dictionary defines comfort as relief from pain, grief, or distress, etc. It's also a state of ease and quiet enjoyment, free from worry, pain. So therefore, a prophet brings comfort. He gives words. Sometimes the prophetic words, we might not really want to hear what God is saying because God uses prophet of times to warn us of things to come. Evangelist, the word, the Greek word, eugelistes, which is translated as evangelist, mean a preacher of the gospel. In ministry, an evangelist is a person with the supernatural ability to present the gospel in such a way that people will respond to Jesus through repentance, which leads to conversion. The evangelist present Jesus in such he present Jesus in such a way that the word is confirmed with signs following. It has been said that an evangelist is like an obstetrician. He assists in birth. Contrary to common belief, evangelist is given to the same people as the apostle, prophet, pastor, and teacher. He too is responsible for maturing the saints for the work of ministry. The evangelist is a proclaimer of the gospel and the kingdom of God, not a teacher of the gospel and the kingdom of God. The pastor, in ministry, a pastor is a person with the supernatural ability to lead, to feed, and to protect the flock. He is to lead both by word and by example. The pastor is also responsible for the nourishment, health, and development of the flock. Pastors in the Old Testament are identified as kings, not preachers. Jesus is a good pastor, a good shepherd. No other individual New Testament is referred to as a pastor by studying also so therefore and the pastor is one of the gifts that we normally see in abundance because this is one of the gifts that most people are familiar with it's the pastor the teacher the greek word didas kalos which is translated as teacher means to instruct. In ministry, a teacher is a person with the supernatural ability to explain clearly and effectively the truth of the word of God. The teaching gift is not the result of education and skill. It is a supernatural gift given by God. The gift can and should be developed. Like the pastor's gift, a teacher must also exercise great patience as he instructs. Some learn more easily than others. Unlike the evangelists who proclaim, the teachers explains. Proclaiming can be brief and concise. Explaining requires much time and detail. So therefore, we got to understand that in 1 Corinthians, the, the apostles set the course. The prophet exhorts people to 
get on the course. The evangelist leads the people to the course. The pastors maintain people in the course. And the teacher instructs people to mature in the course. It's very important. I, it always struck me. These gifts are given by God to edify the body, to build the body, also to bring the body in unity. Violating this order brings confusion in the body of Christ. Consequently, it's imperative that each of the fivefold ministry gifts operate in this ministry in due order without breaking rank. Local churches often bypass the apostle and the prophet ministry and attempt to build a house without the proper foundation. Each ministry gift is distinguished in its operation and purpose. Therefore, these gifts must cooperatively work together. So these gifts must work together cooperatively. The fivefold ministry gift did people given to the body of Christ for the purpose of properly and aligning, properly aligning the body and maturing the body. So it's important that we understand and identify and know what are the gifts that God has given in the body of Christ. God bless you. Remember that God can use whoever he desires to use. It's the Holy Spirit who distributes the gifts accordingly. So regardless of if you're a male or a female, God can use you in the fivefold ministry gift. So don't think... You know, sometimes in my teaching, I may use the masculine gender more than the feminine gender in my description of using pronouns. So God can use whoever he desires to use, whether male or female. 